look, I don't like the way they're winning either. I keep waiting for different facets, different players to show up to begin participating in the Penguins season. Maybe, just maybe, one key figure in that category has done that. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. Penguins beat the Rangers 3-2 to two in case you were immersed in football last night. I was not. I was over at PPG Paints Arena covering the game. And Jake Gensel scored with less than two minutes remaining on a pretty nice setup by Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby. Great screen by Brian Rust, who, by the way, was the best player on the ice for either side, including his breakaway goal and really just in general. He was just all over the place. Second game in a row for that. He had 11 shots on goal himself in the first win over the Rangers. Some good stuff. I'm, I'm not going to be the, the wet blanket here. I can't stand if Getty Malkin's game right now, though, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that at some point. I've got a full column on this, actually, on DK Pittsburgh Sports. If you get a chance today to check it out, ask Mike Sullivan what's going on with him and everything else. So I feel like I got all that out of my system in the column that I wrote last night. For you, on this show, I'm going to give you the happy stuff. And really nothing stood out for me more than Tristan Jari standing tall. For me, it wasn't so much about, uh, I mean, if you look at the couple of goals that he gave up, the Rangers were just doing all kinds of uh, deflections, point shots, deflections, point shots, deflections. And they do them pretty well. They also do a lot of east-westing. A lot like the Flyers. The Flyers are obviously more experienced and are going to be better at finishing those than the Rangers. I thought the Rangers had a lot of chances that they did very little with. But I also saw in Jari more aggressiveness. If you'll remember from out in Philadelphia, my chief criticism of his work out there was that he wasn't aggressive, A, with the stick, and B, with challenging shooters at the point. The goal I mentioned at the time and and repeatedly since then was the Ivan Provorov wrister from the left point where Jari just stayed back, stayed so deep in the net, Uh, pretty much inviting Provorov to pick his spot and see if he could nail it, which he did. That's a sign of a goaltender that's starting to get beat up a little bit. As early as it was, it was still important, I thought at the time, for Sullivan to take Jari out when he did and why he did. It was just as important for Casey DeSmith to come in and play well enough to win a couple of games, to buy the team and Jari 
some additional time to kind of set themselves straight a little bit. They're not there. They're not there at all. There are a couple of guys that are going right now, and that's about it. They've gotten some results, and good for them because that matters an awful lot in a 56-game season. If you're going to play well below your bar, you might as well add some points along the way. Good for them. But Jari acknowledged himself after the game last night that he might have benefited from the week that he got off. Uh, He and Mike Buckley, the goaltending coach, did some extra work. He was able to kind of step back from everything, from the training camp, from the whole, you know, first year is the number one guy thing and everything else, and pick up on some technical things. But chiefly, his focus was on being aggressive. That's what I thought in watching him from the press box in this game, but I wanted to confirm it afterward. Tristan, it seemed from up here like you had a, an active uh, a stick. You had an aggressive approach to point shots. Um, was that part of what you and Buck talked about, uh, just being aggressive, including with the stick? Yeah, they're an East-West team. They like to get a lot of passes through the crease, so I think mm-hmm. that was just one thing I wanted to make sure was that active stick and trying to help the defense as much as possible, just trying to intercept those passes and try and disrupt them, and then just trying to fight my way through screens. It's a big part of the league this year is guys get into the net and you see how well they could tip and deflect pucks. So I think it's just fighting for the ice I can get and making sure I'm in good position. It wasn't some virtuoso performance. He made 24 saves. He was significantly better than his counterpart at the far end, Igor Shesterkin. And again, the Rangers really just didn't do much with some good chances that they created for themselves. In particular, I thought uh, Pavel Buchnevich was just destroying quality chances through both of those games. Uh, Artemi Panarin created offense at times for other people, didn't do much of anything with his own, and I really didn't notice the Rangers' children. I'm sorry. Other than Alexi Lafreniere missing the wide-open net, which is something that could have help change the game early on. Uh, Capo Caco scoring on the one goal, uh, the one rebound on Friday night. There, there's a ways to go for that team yet. Uh, I, I get why they're happy over there. I get why they're excited about their future. Their future isn't now. So I, I don't want to make too much of this. I don't want to make it sound like Jari was, you know, at some super high level. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. Now, at the same time, I do think it's a big deal that the Penguins were able to get Jari straight before going on the road. Now, I know the Bruins got clocked yesterday, but I still think the Bruins will be right there with the Islanders 
for being the class of the East Division by the time we get deeper into this season. The Bruins in Boston are going to be a handful. Uh, Not because of the crowd, obviously. There's not going to be anybody there. I just mean it's their place. They're comfortable there, and they will bang you. They will make things uncomfortable for you. They will irritate you. They will anger you. They're a different kind of team. They're a little bit of a throwback in the modern nobody-hits-anybody NHL. And the Penguins, I felt, needed to get themselves right through these first six games before going on this road trip. I felt that way from the moment I saw the schedule. It was understandable that training camp being short, coronavirus being what it is, that all 31 teams were going to have a difficult time just exploding right off the bat. And there's a reason you really haven't seen anybody do that. The Penguins haven't been an exception. They've been a little bit maddening, uh, at least if you take them completely outside those two circumstances that I just mentioned. And I get that part. But these games count all the same as the ones that they're going to be playing in March and April, which will determine who makes the playoffs seeding and all that other stuff. And the fact that they were able to steal some points along the way was great. The fact that Jari was able to look a lot more settled down, I'd argue, is greater. His importance to this team can't be overstated. Uh, I did say on the eve of this season opening that he has a chance to be one of the two or three best goaltenders in the East Division. Uh, I believe that. Boston's obviously got Tuka Rask. I don't think anybody's going to argue with his place in that ranking. The Flyers have Carter Hart, although we also saw over the weekend Hart giving up a touchdown and losing it at the end and slamming his stick and breaking it and everything else. He's young. You don't know what you're going to get from him. And, you know, you could look at Semyon Varlamov with the Islanders. I'm not that much of a believer in him. I think he's a little bit too mercurial to be a guy that you could take really, really seriously, but he is playing behind a Barry Trotz defense on Long Island, so he's got to be in that mix. But, you know, tell me why Jari shouldn't be right up there with those guys. Top 10 in the NHL last year in goals against average, save percentage, shutouts. Why shouldn't he be up there? So far, I like the way Sullivan has handled him. And I like the way he's been able to bounce back. But he's about to face a different test in Boston. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question, and if you'd like to leave one, 
in the figurative bucket, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and just leave one in the comment section right underneath it. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash help to find food near you. Today's Just One Question comes from Scott who asks, So, what to do about that second line? Kind of a big decision, huh? Wow. I mean, what is the actual decision though, Scott? What, what's the decision to be had here? Evgeny Malkin is your second-line center. When you're talking about the problems with the second line, you're talking about Geno. Contrary to what Jim Rutherford told Dave Molinari of DK Pittsburgh Sports a few days ago, this was not about Geno's wingers. I'm sorry. No, they weren't great either, okay? That was Jason Zucker and Brian Rust, of course, at the start of the season. But everything starts with Geno. How can't it? Look at his style of play. He's the one who's got to be carrying the puck. He's the one that's got to be making the plays. There is no way you can watch a line with Evgeny Malkin on it and think to yourself, man, those other guys just aren't getting it done for him. It's not how it works. I get what Jim was trying to do here. I respect Jim more than I can say. But I'd say to him the same thing I'm saying to you right now, which is no way was that on the wingers. Gino's the one who needs to figure this out. And a good starting point would be to try a little harder. Just try a little harder. Show some effort. Show some passion. Not by pouting, not by, how did Mike Sullivan put it to me after the game when I asked him about Gino's performance, that he cares so much that he gets down when he doesn't score. I'm sorry, we're not talking about a 14-year-old here. He's 34. This is an adult. This is a grown bleeping man. There's no time no room, no tolerance for pouting for a 34-year-old who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. That's nonsensical to me on every level. What would you do with the second line, Scott? What would you do? Switch up wingers? Well, he was given Kasperi Kapanen and Zucker was back on his line after starting the game on a third line, a lot of this was messed up because of Evan Rodriguez's injury. And it didn't change anything because his effort didn't change. His level of inspiration or his level of non-poutiness didn't change. I mean, I used to be able to report on him with more of a level of understanding. I used to be able to say, well, look, you know, he's... He's different. He's he's wired differently. We we know that he's gonna come around and do this and that. I just don't have the patience, man. I'm tired of it. Tired of watching it. Tired of attempting to try to explain it. 
Is he going to break out of it? Of course he is. There's way too much talent there. He's going to find a moment. I thought it might have been the goal the other night, the, the power play goal that he blasted up into the top far corner. I thought, wow, now there's a Geno-type goal that would get a big selly and everything else and didn't make a difference. I mean, it made a difference in the game. They ended up winning the game. Great, but I'm talking about for him. It didn't pick him up at all. What do you do about the second line? I don't know. All I know is I don't want to go into semantics over it, Scott. I don't want to call it a second line issue. It's a Geno issue, and he needs to be better. Maybe it'll happen in Boston. Maybe it won't. Maybe he'll score a big goal and it'll matter. Maybe it won't matter. I have no idea anymore. I just know that it's not good enough. I just know that it's not good enough. And the season's too short for this kind of nonsense. I appreciate the question, though, Scott. That's beautiful stuff to be sending after a game like that. Uh, Perfectly timed. We'll do this again uh, tomorrow, advancing the beginning of the Penguins' four-game road trip to Boston and New York. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.